Welcome back to See Speak Minnesota. I am Jordana Green from WCCO Radio, and this is the PNC podcast, The Language of Executives. I'm joined as always by my co-host, Kate Kelly, the regional president for PNC Bank. Kate, welcome back. Well, thank you, Jordana. This is going to be exciting to hear Katie and uh, just thrilled to be here putting this series on with you. Thank you. I'm so looking forward to our next guest. But as you know, last month, we talked about healthcare, healthcare evolving during a global pandemic. And if anybody missed that, I want you to go listen to our first podcast at wccoradio.com forward slash cspeakmn. That's where you can find the whole series. But Kate, you're right. This week, we have such an important topic. We're talking about food security. And today, we're joined by Katie Clark Sieben, Corporate Giving and Cargill Foundation Senior Director, of course, at Minnesota company Cargill. Uh, Katie, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. I'm so honored to be on this morning. Thank you. Well, we're thrilled to have you because we know that at Cargill, your values are, are do the right thing, are put people first and reach higher. You continue to guide and help people navigate through COVID-19 as you work to nourish the world. Cargill's employees work around the clock every day to support suppliers, customers, and communities in which they live and work. And this pandemic, boy, has proven really how strong our food system and our communities are. And you know that when we work together, it has made it very clear that we have not yet achieved food security for everyone, but through farmer engagement paired with global and local partnerships, we all know that Cargill is working to increase access to nutritious food. Now, Katie, as a global food and agriculture company, Cargill has the opportunity to really see the global landscape. So when it comes to what it will take to increase food security, can you describe what Cargill sees when it comes to the future of food security? Absolutely. So currently around the world, more than 821 million people do not have enough to eat. And that number has been exacerbated as COVID-19 has affected food access, as well as personal economic stability. As a result, we're seeing increased demand at food shelves and other nonprofit and NGO organizations focused on food security. This surge is occurring around the globe and also right here in Minnesota. So to help address the increased need for food in our Twin Cities headquarters community, due to COVID-19, as well as the Twin Cities uprising following the murder of George Floyd, we opened our kitchen at our headquarters office for the Minnesota Central Kitchen and we prepared and distributed 5,000 meals a week across the state of Minnesota. And that effort, which is a partnership with Second Harvest Heartland, Loaves and Fishes, and many others, has now delivered over 500,000 meals across the state. So it's important to understand that food security means so much more than just not being hungry. It is a necessary ingredient to allow children to go to school and learn, to build healthy families and thriving local economies. And that is why through our work with farmers and global partners, Cargill is committed to addressing food security challenges. That's amazing, Katie. Um, can you help us uh, learn how Cargill is working with farmers to address food security? Yes, at Cargill, we believe agriculture can help meet the rising demand for food. The industry's global food production has to increase but we have to do it in smarter ways and with fewer resources. 
So public-private partnerships are key to addressing food security because tackling this issue requires an all-hands-on-deck approach. And alongside our partners like CARE and Heifer International, to name a few, we're working with farmers in developing countries and teaching them how to grow their own food to feed their own families and also lift up their communities. Combining our agriculture expertise as well as our NGO partner skills working in developing countries is having a real impact on local economies. One example of this work is through our partnership with Hatching Hope, where we're working to address food security through the power of poultry, believe it or not. Hatching Hope is a groundbreaking initiative we launched in 2018 with a global NGO called Heifer International to improve the lives of 100 million people by 2030 through the production, promotion, and consumption of poultry. So we're partnering with poultry farmers in India, Mexico, and Kenya to provide the resources and knowledge they need to increase their chicken and egg production. This helps them meet the nutritional needs their families need today through an added source of protein, and it also increases their production and allows them to participate in the wider marketplace. Since June of 2019, we've worked with 24,000 female farmers in India and 206 farmers in Mexico. So another aspect of this program is focusing on empowering rural women. For the first time, many will gain the training and resources they need to support themselves and their families. At Cargill, we know achieving food security is a big task. It takes bold thinking and effective new approaches, like our partnership with Hatching Hope, which provides a path for farmers and communities to become self-sustaining in terms of nutritious diets and a reliable source of income. Amazing. I love hearing what Cargill, which is right in our backyard here in uh, Minnesota, is doing around the world. Some really creative initiatives. Now, obviously, we know that you're a global company. You operate in 70 countries, but we are proud that Cargill is headquartered right here, right in the Twin Cities, around the corner. Uh, so let's talk locally. What is Cargill doing to help address the food security for our neighbors, for our Minnesotans? So the Cargill Foundation supports our local Twin Cities headquarters community and annually contributes $10 million to nonprofits and schools in, in this community. Our focus is to close the opportunity gap for our BIPOC, our Black, Indigenous, children of color from low-income families. We've long been committed to this mission and after the murder of George Floyd and with the COVID-19 pandemic exacerbating the disparities that already existed in our community, this work has become even more critical. So to close the opportunity gap for our BIPOC children, the foundation partners with over 50 different local nonprofits and schools in the Twin Cities, and we focus our support on providing food security and childhood nutrition, STEM education, and college and career readiness. And we're really proud that over 80% of all of our investments reach BIPOC children from low-income families. So we believe we're truly moving the needle in this space. Within our childhood nutrition portfolio, we're partnering with local nonprofits such as Appetite for Change in North Minneapolis, where the youth are empowered and they truly feel ownership of the nonprofit, their urban farms, and the vegetables they grow. They nurture seedlings and they uh, harvest the, the vegetables from the urban farms and sell the produce. So they're learning about nutrition at the same time as fostering entrepreneurial skills. 
It sounds simple, but it's true. If a child grows a vegetable, they are much more interested in tasting and trying and incorporating those nutritious foods into their diet. And a number of the nonprofit partners we work with help provide children nutritious food, along with teaching them the importance of a nutritious diet and also giving them a hands-on growing experience. Boy, that's fascinating, Katie. And I, I grew up with a large garden, so that re- I can relate to that. <laughs> you know? um, but since we're focusing on food security for today's conversation, and in the midst of a global pandemic, the progress made toward food security has experienced huge setbacks as more and more families navigate through job loss. What work is taking place in the Twin Cities to help Minnesotans through these challenging times? It is a challenging time indeed. Um, At the beginning of COVID-19's impact in Minnesota, I have to say it was truly inspiring and encouraging to see how businesses, restaurants, and nonprofits came together to help our community and very quickly rallied that support. One group that mobilized, I mentioned the Minnesota Central Kitchen, which is housed out of Second Harvest Heartland. This was a public-private partnership, um, initially came together through the Bachelor Farmer, Alma Restaurants, Nonprofits, Second Harvest, Loaves and Fishes, The Good Acre, and Appetite for Change, and was designed and deployed to provide employment for chefs that were laid off due to the restaurants that were closed, and also to rescue food from those restaurants before it became waste and provide nutritious, delicious meals for those in need across our state. So the Cargill Foundation um, quickly committed $1 million to this partnership within a few weeks of its launch. And then, as I mentioned, we opened our own headquarters cafeteria to make meals, um, re-employing chefs to make those delicious, nutritious meals um, to get over 500,000 meals across the state to many Minnesotans. What was interesting is that quite a few Minnesotans who came to pick up the meals that Loaves and Fishes distributed across the state mentioned this was the first time they had ever needed to seek help and that they had ever needed to come pick up a meal. And we know that that need is only increasing here in Minnesota. Um, So it's humbling to see how our community truly rathered together and mobilized so quickly to provide nutritious food at such a challenging time. And that work thankfully continues today. What a great lesson because all of us have fallen on hard times at some point and needed some help from our neighbors. And I'm sure many people never expected to be in the situation that they were in and needed to ask for help. And I'm sure they are extraordinarily grateful. I know as a neighbor, as a person who lives here in Minnesota, I am grateful that you guys uh, stepped up as well. But you know, it wasn't just COVID. Uh, Katie and Kate, it was, we here in Minnesota, we were ground zero for racial unrest. We all felt after the death of George Floyd, the world shift into this new awakening that we are now in. Minnesota specifically, there are communities here that already had limited options for grocery stores and food. And now they became even greater food deserts. Grocery stores were closing. We had protests, we had people in the streets. So what is Cargill and um, some other nonprofits, I'm assuming that you partner with, what are you doing to help address food deserts here in the Twin Cities? Mm -hmm. Well, again, it takes that all hands on deck approach and truly partnering um, with the community to to make sure these food resources reach those in need. Um, Some of the partners that we're working with on the ground are, um, one is Pillsbury United Communities located in North Minneapolis. 
And we were one of the investors in their North Market, which is a grocery store located in North Minneapolis. It was an area that previously was a food desert. And the only options for food were the corner stores with chips and soda um, and not nutritious food. And so now neighbors in that era are able to walk directly to the North Market. And, and it's truly become a community space as well with Zumba classes and um, nutrition classes. Um, another great example is the Twin Cities Mobile Market. So this nonprofit took a city bus and converted it into a grocery store. It travels to the same stops every week around the city, and the neighbors living in those neighborhoods know what day and time the bus will arrive. I had an opportunity to volunteer on the bus for a day and was amazed to see when the bus pulled up to the stop, there'd be a long line um, of, of neighbors ready to purchase food from the grocery store. Um, and they also have waiver programs in place to help those in low-income situations. But all healthy, nutritious food delivered right to the neighborhood, um, creating a great innovative solution um, to, to solving a food desert situation. And we also work directly with schools. I think one thing that has become so apparent during this time with the COVID-19 pandemic the important role schools play in providing nutritious food to children. And so with schools closed, we worked with both Minneapolis Public Schools and St. Paul Public Schools to distribute food and ensure they were still able to get those resources out to children's homes. And so most recently, we funded a truck for St. Paul Public Schools. Um, so they now have two trucks able to distribute food when they're in the 100% virtual learning situation and can get those um, meals out to children qualifying for free and reduced lunch. And we also provide food product donations. So as a food company, we have resources that we can share. Um, when the global pandemic hit, um, we made significant poultry contributions in Latin America and India. Um, here in the Twin Cities, we recently distributed over 320,000 slices of French toast to Minneapolis Public Schools and our nonprofit partners. So that's part of the fun of working at Cargill is sometimes the numbers are just astounding in what you're able to, to contribute and distribute. I never thought I'd be talking 320,000 slices of French toast. <laughs> well, that's amazing, Katie. And I'm impressed too, just on the magnitude and the scale. So these numbers are just amazing and large. But Katie, um, Thank you for providing us Cargill's view on both the global and local food security and how farmers, agriculture, businesses, and nonprofits can all play a part in the increasing food security. Um, but for our listeners, what is a call to action that you would leave with them? What can they do on their tackling tackling food security? Tackling food security really requires an all hands on deck approach. And here in the Twin Cities, food banks such as Second Harvest Heartland and the food group need donations to keep a steady stream of food supply available to local food shelves across the Twin Cities. COVID has created barriers to in-person volunteering at many of these nonprofits. And so dropping off food donations or providing financial contributions, if you have the means to do so, is often the most efficient source of support at this time. And we know with the COVID-19 pandemic, fall and winter season approaching, as well as cold and flu season, we just need to simply check on our neighbors now more than ever before. So organizations like NAS, the Northside Achievement Zone in North Minneapolis, 
they're directly in contact with families and have the established relationships and trust built to know which families are in need. So these community relationships will be key to ensuring those who have food security needs receive the meals they need to stay healthy. We're all connected now more than ever before, and we simply need to take care of one another. Well said, Katie. Thank you so much. I mean, really beautifully said. And I'm just so thrilled to know that on that beautiful campus where Cargill is located, um, it's not just people in big towers not understanding what the needs on the street are. You know, I'm so glad that you mentioned you know, Appetite for Change, the urban farms that are happening in Northeast. As a, a person who works in the media in this market, I have seen those programs in action. I have seen them working. I have seen them the way they change lives of young people. So um, as a citizen who lives here, who has kids growing up here, I want to thank Cargill and Katie Clark-Sieben from Cargill um, because those programs are really changing and affecting lives of just one person, just regular people that are living here in Minnesota, as well as all the incredible global work that you do. So uh, Katie is the Corporate Giving and Cargill Foundation Senior Director. We want to thank you so much for your time today and sharing what Cargill does. I think it's so important uh, that just regular folks like me learn what you guys are doing behind those walls. So thank you, Katie. Thank you so much for having me. It's truly been an honor. Thanks. Thank you so much, Katie Clark-Sieben, Corporate Giving and Cargill Foundation Senior Director. And of course, my co-host, Kate Kelly, Regional President for PNC Bank. I want to thank you so much for the time, for the ability to share these important conversations with the people of Minnesota and anybody who does get to listen to See Speak Minnesota. As always, you can catch us at wccoradio.com slash Minnesota, the language of executives. We'll keep talking and keep learning. Thank you for sharing with us.